You're listening to the NBS Podcast with me, Bradley Goldman, sports nutrition specialist and creator of the nutrition program NBS that swept through the Peloton community. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome and buckle up for our no bullshit approach to all things fitness, nutrition, and much more. If you're returning for this week's episode, welcome back. Clear the room of any little ears, turn the volume up, and let's get to this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to 2022, which means season two of the NBS podcast. In this first episode, we're going to kick off with a lot of mindset conversation, which is going to start your new year off right. So hopefully you guys are ready. Buckle up and welcome to season two. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the NBS podcast. Uh, This week we have a special guest. She is actually not our typical. Uh, We have Natasha Starcheski. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, you're good. Perfect. Natasha, say hello really quick. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here. So uh, Natasha is the founder of the virtual assistant company where she helps online coaches bring on virtual assistants to book calls and free up time in their business. And I think, and might be overstepping, but uh, I think she came into working um, this end of the business because she's actually credentialed through the uh, International Sports Science Association and she had an online coaching business. Um, Natasha's team is actually uh, who takes over, who's taking over part of um, the NBS Instagram. So I decided to bring her on and talk to her a lot about um, a kind of, uh, we're going to focus more on mindset stuff today. So it's gonna be a little bit of a shift. Um, but before we get into that, Natasha, can you give us a little quick background on you, your company, um, and just a little bit just about you. So the listeners get to know you. Yeah, absolutely. So I first started in the online space. I actually built an online fitness coaching business. I used to work with women who are over 200 pounds, helping them, uh, reclaim their life coming back from breakups, (laughs) wanting to lose not only uh, the weight off their body, but also dead weight of their relationship. And then over time, ended up transitioning into building uh, the VA services company, which is now my my primary gig of what I focus on the most. We have over 120 people who are currently working for my company. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my bread and butter. Let's so. let me let's go back. You think I'm going to just skirt right over that I helpline? That I helpline just rolled right off your tongue so easily. Can you go back and say that one more time? Uh, for which one? The, the VA? No, 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 no. Your your I helpline for your original online business. Uh, for my fitness business, yeah. So I helped uh, women who are over 200 pounds. <laughs> reclaim their lives and their bodies and uh, lose not only the weight off their body, but also the weight of their relationship, dead relationships. Okay. So I just want to, we're going to, we're going to unpack that for a quick second. People ask all the time. They're like, why does MBS focus on frustrated Peloton riders? Typically we focus with frustrated Peloton parents. Um, But coming and getting to speak to somebody who very much builds their entire business around online business, around the online culture, that I helpline was so, and I'm I'm only laughing because I feel like when you're in the online space, if you've done any kind of mentorship program or mastermind program, the I helpline, when you see it, it either pops or you look at it and you read it and you go, man, that's garbage. Natasha, that was like, I feel Natasha, you guys can't see it, but Natasha's laughing on the other side of the screen right now. Um, I feel like that was just so perfect. And I, I want to actually unpack that a little bit and go into why you focus so specifically on women over 200 pounds that you know want to reclaim their life. And then you said, drop the dead weight of the relationship. I feel like that was just, just go into that for a minute for me. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started coaching in this space, 
um, I noticed that a lot of women that were attracted to me, like attracted to my energy, like they wanted to be badass. Like they wanted to step into kind of that. I want to be my unapologetic self. I want to set boundaries. And this like reoccurring topic that kept coming up was I want to leave my boyfriend. And a lot of my energy was, you know, raise your standards. Like you get to be a badass woman. You can be independent, like leave your man if he doesn't support you. So I started attracting this group of women, just like magnetizing them to me who were, you know, they had either just left marriages that they had been stuck in for decades that they didn't want to be in, or they were on the verge of, okay, I need to make that jump. And a lot of times when we were in those conversations, they had packed on 20 to 40 pounds Mm. from going to food for comfort. Like they weren't getting love and connection in their relationship. They didn't feel significant to their partner. There was a lot of dysfunction in their relationship and it was showing up on their body. So it just kind of manifested itself. And then all of a sudden, these women who were, you know, most women who were over 200 pounds, they started listening to my stuff. I started talking to them more specifically, and it just blew up. Um, and we actually called it, my company was called Badass Lovelies. So badass lovelies, um, what that meant to me and like that brand online was we worked with women who are over 200 pounds to be and claim that badass part of yourself, but not lose your femininity in the process. And I think a lot of women don't want to be assertive and they don't want to be independent and they don't want to stand up for, you know, boundaries and what they believe in and what they want because they're scared they'll be aggressive and they're scared that they'll hurt someone's feelings and they're scared that, you know, that's just not what women do. So badass lovelies became this movement of, you get to own that part of you while still being this like amazing feminine woman and reclaim your body, lose the 40 pounds of weight you gained in your shitty relationship while dumping your man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just, and for those, I mean, we have our, our listeners are primarily people that are uh, looking for help, but there are definitely some people that um, are more on the end of like what my, me and my team do that listen to this. And I just want to go again, going back to the, I helpline. Don't worry guys. We're going to get into more stuff and mindset later. Um, but it's not often I get to speak to a colleague on this level. So let's go back to that. I helpline. When you first developed the I helpline for people that are looking to get into the online space, did you know that right away? Or did that take, you know, refinement and going back to it and refining it over and over and over? And did it grow as you grew? Yeah, definitely refinement. So for me, when I first started, I, I knew I wanted to empower women. I actually wanted to be a breakup coach, like when I very first started. So like (laughs) this whole idea of like leaving crappy relationships has always been a value. So when I started, I think it was, you know, I help women leave dysfunctional relationships and reclaim their life. Okay. Well, the market wasn't paying me money for that. So we needed to make a transition. Um, But everybody wanted to know about like health and fitness stuff for me. And I had the training. I had been training for years myself. And then I started to revise it as more and more women started coming into my program. And I'm very methodical in the way I think. And I like to follow, I like to follow the money and I like to follow data. So I started noticing this trend of, okay, women who are willing to pay for a solution are over 200 pounds. It's not a struggle to sell them. It's Mm -hmm. not difficult to get them to buy into the program. So it's like, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to try the punchline of I help women who are over 200 pounds. And all my business coaches in the space were like, don't do that. Like, you know, that's same, same. I get told every time they're like, why do you only work with Peloton riders? I get that all the time. Totally. It was just like, don't say 200 pounds. That's offensive. And I was like, I'm offensive in nature. of the time. It's preaching to the choir. (laughs) Totally. So like, let's just own it. Um, And then I threw it up there and 
I committed to like 60 to 90 days of just writing copy towards women who are over 200 pounds. And it was exploding. I was getting like eight to 10 inbound messages a week being like, I'm 210 pounds and I haven't been able to drop out of this weight in a decade. Can you help me? And I was like, follow the money when that's kind of refined it. And then we went from there. So very much data related and paying attention to what the market was willing to pay for. Very cool. I'm actually going to jump into some personal stuff about you, if you don't mind. And actually, you're on the podcast now, so let's go at let's go at it. Um, Natasha, I'm going to bring a couple things. One, uh, for those of you that are listening, Natasha is a whopping 27 years old. She's uh, definitely one of the younger people of the space um, that I work with. Um, but also, uh, Natasha is not your typical 27 year old. Natasha has um, an autistic brother um, who she's been taking care of for. I actually don't know the whole story. Um, so for those, I, I want to kind of talk about this because I feel like people always have an excuse. They always have a reason they always have you know this has come up that's come up um natasha has no kids um uh, but natasha does take care of her 20 or her her autistic brother um and she still runs a very very high functioning uh business online business along with still keeping up with her own fitness and nutrition natasha can you speak on that just a little bit yeah absolutely so um i have a brother who is 25 and he is severely autistic he's nonverbal. um he's got a lot of challenges so growing up with him was obviously super chaotic super heavy in my household like there was a lot of dysfunction um very chaotic is kind of the best way to describe it i don't take care as much care of him now as i used to when i was younger so growing up probably from the time i was in grade five until about grade 12, when I graduated, um, I spent a lot of time taking care of him. Like I remember Christmases with my parents being away, taking care of him full time. Uh, I was very much his parent in a lot of ways. So by the time I broke free out of that in my early 20s, I was like, I don't want kids. Like I've paid my dues. I've put in my time. So I still help out with him sometimes. Now, recently, he actually went through a really big accident. He jumped out a second story window and he broke- Uh, part of his spine, as well as fractured his right calcaneus on his right ankle or his right heel. Um, So I went and helped take care of him at that point too. And again, like, as you're saying, like still working on my fitness goals, I was doing night shifts at the hospital, running a business with 120 employees. Like it was crazy. And I think it just boils down to each season is temporary. Like, When you're in it, embrace the suck. It's not going to be permanent forever, but like habits and rituals and acknowledging that, you know, that this season is temporary. You're going to do the best you can with what you have, but like, don't deviate from the long-term plan just because you're going through some shit right now. That's awesome. I love that. You said the season is temporary. I love that. You said something else about habits and rituals. Can you say that one more time? Yeah. So I think all of the success in our life boils down to habits and rituals. Like So for me, it's like I have a habit and ritual of like I train five times a week. I don't deviate from that habit. I've been doing that for years. So even when my life is chaotic and there's a bunch of stuff going on, it's like that's a habit. Like you do that every single day and it's ingrained into you. I think, you know, whatever areas of your life you're really successful in, whether it's health and fitness, if it's business, if it's finances, if it's in your marriage, if it's in, you know, friendships, like you have specific habits and rituals that make you successful in that area. And when life happens and you get punched in the face, you naturally default to those habits and rituals because they're so ingrained in you that you develop this mindset of like, I don't miss. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people lack when, you know, stuff comes up and the excuses come up. Well, it's not a habit and it's not a ritual. At that point, right, you're right. not committed to it. No, absolutely. And, you know, that kind of segues me into another portion, but, you know, 
before I go into that, if those of you that have listened, I think it's episode two. Um, if you guys scroll all the way back, we're now deep in episodes now, but Esther Avant and I, uh, she's also in the online space. She has EA coaching. Uh, we had her on the podcast way back when, and we talk about the idea of parenting yourself. You know, you said you train five days a week and, or, you know, it's, if we talk about business, it's like, I know I start my work day by 7am at the absolute latest. Like I'm in the office Monday through Friday, ass and seat at seven. And there's times, you're right. Life's going to throw you curveballs. Life's going to be chaotic. Shit's going to hit the fan. And at some point you either got to let it, it's going to deviate you or you just go back to the habits. If you have good habits that are ingrained, that are ritualistic, that you just stick to. And it's like, these are non-negotiables. And I feel like if more people around, whether it's all, you know, the, especially the online business, I see, I feel like the online business space, things get really messy, especially when you're getting up and started or you're, you're, you're deep into it. You can, you've got the shiny object syndrome. You're looking at every 12 different things all the time. But if you go back to your non-negotiables, your rituals, you stick to those, you're going to be much more likely to stay on track, which you have a great ritual that you post all the time. And I want to talk to you about it because I definitely don't have a good one is I want to talk to you about your morning routine a little bit. Can you walk me through that? Mm, Yeah. Morning routine is such a big deal to me. Like I have this saying and this mantra that it's like, I am mine before I am anybody else's. And I think that's so important. And the bigger my business gets with the more team members I have, like the more that has to be just truth to me. Right. Yeah. So every single morning I wake up, um, like typically around four o'clock in the morning, I wake up, I get up, um, I meditate, I do breath work, I do my journaling. And the first thing I do when I journal is I literally just mind dump whatever is like monkey brain going around in my head that morning. I just dump it all out. And then I look at that. And usually I look at all the crap that I've wrote down and I'm like, none of this means anything to me. And then I move on to talking about the stuff that I want to, but I like get it out of my system first thing in the morning. And then I talk about my vision. What do I want to create? What are my affirmations? What am I grateful for? And it's just kind of like moment to moment, but it really connects me with myself. And I have a habit and a ritual, if you will, in my morning routine where I want to cry because I'm so grateful. Like to me, a solid morning routine is like, I got tears streaming down my face at one point because I'm just so grateful (laughs) for my life. And that's the standard, but it puts me in peak state. And then from there, I kind of just like, I chill in the plants, I chill with the candles, I just vibe out, I sit in that gratitude, I let it fill up my body. And then I go to the gym, I do my fasted cardio, I come home, I eat breakfast, and then it's go time for the morning. Because at that point, I'm deeply connected, I've had morning movement. And I just feel I'm just deep in my feels and very intentional and very mm, just aligned with what I want to create for the day. No, that's great. If you guys, we'll get to at the end, Natasha will plug all her social media. First of all, her, I don't even have Instagram. I have Facebook, but I see her posts all the time. She's got just some epic fucking pictures that she posts, but her plant game, if you guys like indoor plants, I'm just starting to get into indoor plants. I love me some indoor plants. Natasha's indoor plant game is next level. She just moved. I watched this woman move more plants then I've seen people move suitcases to multiple locations. It was a little concerning uh, because some of these plants are definitely large, but let's go back to the morning movement. And you know, you're talking about everything that happens before the day begins, because like most of our listeners, you and I are in the same boat. The second your ass hits the office chair, game over. Your day's okay. done. You are not, whatever you think you're going to squeeze in there ain't never going to happen. You take care of all of your business for you, at least for the most part, prior to the day beginning. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm a person like if my 
let's say for some reason I sleep in, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sleep in a little bit today. And by sleep in, I mean like maybe I'm going to sleep till five 30 or six o'clock. My workout's not getting done because that's my time. It's once, once the world has access to you, you can kiss your day goodbye. And I think for people that have very clear boundaries, I think you and I are pretty good about setting boundaries, especially within our business. Even for people like us, like there's no way if like, if my workout or if something that you had planned to do first thing in the morning didn't get done, what are the chances that it actually gets done later in the day? Mm, so hard. And I think the reason why it gets so difficult is because your brain switches to a different mode. Like you're in work mm-hmm. mode. Like I, I know for me, when I go from morning routine to like, I open up team chats and it's like, okay, I'm present. It's time for me to be a leader. Like I'm in firefighting mode for the rest of the day. Like we're creating or I'm putting out fires or I'm telling somebody else to put constantly on the defense. Yep. Constantly defense. So the only thing that I have later on in the day that's in the middle of my workflow is training. And I train from like one till about two 30 every day. And I don't miss like that is as disciplined as my morning routine is. But outside of that, when it comes to like reading and affirmations and like doing self-work and like that self-awareness and connecting with myself, it has to happen before the morning starts. And I'm also very disciplined about like not checking my phone. I don't care who is trying to get a hold of me until Absolutely. like 8 a.m. I might post on my Instagram story like something that I'm feeling, you know, inspired by or like from my morning routine. But in terms of responding to messages and being present to people, God, you don't get me till 8 a.m. Like, yeah, I don't deviate from that. And I don't miss because the moment that you open up that freaking phone, you're immediately on the defense because there's there's a 50-50 chance there's something on there that's going to hijack your morning and it's just not worth it to have blurry boundaries in that area. No, definitely. And you know, for a lot of our listen, listeners, at least now you guys, when we're recording this, it's October 19th of uh, 2021. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll either be the last week of December or the first week of January. Um, but I know right now, like most of our, our listeners, the demographic right now um, are mostly women-based. And I am I can probably venture to say uh, comfortably that most of these women are probably likely parents. And as a parent, I'm going to go back to you know your boundaries and like, you don't get me till 8 a.m. For those that are just starting on a fitness plan or nutrition plan, it doesn't have to be before the day begins. That's that's how I, Natasha and I run our our lives. We know that you know for us to be successful within our non negotiables, our non negotiables have to happen before the day begins. And in Natasha's case, her training happens from one to two thirty p.m. and that's a non negotiable for her. So for those of you that are struggling, like you know, when do I get my Peloton rides in? When do I do this? It really doesn't matter as long as you make it a non-negotiable. You know, we run, we live and die by our calendars. I mean, I know me personally, Natasha, I'm sure you probably live and die by your calendar and your schedule too. If it goes on the calendar, unless there's an amendment to the calendar that's like, oh, this person canceled the, the appointment, there's no deviating from that. And I hate to say it, but for those people that are like, oh, but like my son and my daughter in this, okay, great. Find a time that's gonna fit your non-negotiables where nothing is going to interfere. If your child gets sick or you're ill, that's a totally different conversation. But if you schedule your non-negotiables around times that people aren't going to, like Natasha said, hijack your day, you are much more likely to be successful with those non-negotiables. And I can talk about this for hours, but I'm going to shift over real quick. (laughs) Um, I I feel like we can go on and on about this. Um, But going back to something you said on one of your posts, and this resonated deep with me, because I think 
I, I don't know if I, if it hit me, if it hit me personally, or if it was just something about it, but you, you made a comment or you made the quote that said, if you're killing it in your business, but dysfunctional as fuck in your personal life. And I don't remember where the rest of that post went, but can we talk about that for a minute? Cause I yeah. feel like that's relatable in not just in your business, but if you're killing it in your diet, in your nutrition program, in your workouts, but you're dysfunctional as fuck in your personal life. Talk to me about that. Cause I also know I saw your progress photos. Those are very specific photos, poses from a competitor lifestyle. So let's go elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So like to me, killing it in business and being dysfunctional in other areas of your life, you have to take from like from a self-awareness standpoint, you have to take a look back and be like, hey, I'm fucking crushing it in business right now, but my relationship is falling apart. And I think we typically have two areas of our life that we're, we're full on with. So you might be killing it in business. You might be killing it in your health and fitness, but your romantic relationship sucks, or you're killing it in your romantic relationship and you're killing it in your fitness, but your business sucks. So I think it's looking at it and saying you could be killing it in business, but like, why, what areas of your, your life are you trying to avoid and deviate around? Because we go to the places in our life that we feel the most certain and we feel the most significant. And in the online business space, I think there's a ton of people and a ton of entrepreneurs who are absolutely slaying it in their business, but their romantic relationship is falling apart. They're, they're not taking care of themselves. Their health and fitness sucks because they're glued to a desk all day long or, you know, their personal relationship, like their personal mindset, they're full of anxiety and they're full of overwhelm, but they go to business and they perform there because they feel significant. They're certain they know how to get outcomes. And it's an area of their life that they've just dominated in. And I think just the way we are wired as human beings, like we're going to gravitate to the areas that we're winning in because it makes us feel good. But at some point you have to have the self-awareness to check yourself and say like, it's not enough just to have money in the bank. And it's not enough to just be slaying it in business month after month after month. And you're getting fatter and fatter and fatter (laughs) or your, your partner doesn't want to be with you anymore because you don't take the time to nurture that relationship. I, if for everybody listening, you guys should all rewind about 60 to 120 seconds and listen to that beautiful monologue all over again. That was so well put. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. We're going to go with, if you're killing it in one place, but you're definitely struggling in the other. I'm going to go for a personal antidote for a second. Um, actually, last night, uh, we're at the dinner table. And last week, my every single day got hijacked for me. I just, I overbooked myself. I over, I, I didn't manage my time well at all. And before I knew it, usually Fridays, I have time to set up for the next week. I didn't set up for the next week. Monday came and it was just constant scramble yesterday. Like literally, like I was on the defense and not in the way where you're on the defense where you're like, Oh, I'm like, I'm handling things. I'm checking boxes. I was like literally on the defense being pushed into my own where uh, Natasha's in Canada, just so you guys know, I'm gonna make a football reference being pushed into my own uh, end zone. Like it was the, it was one of those days where I'm like, I'd feel like I'm just backed against the wall into a fucking corner. Even though like my business is doing great. My business is fine. I got downstairs for dinner. Uh, mentally, I was not ready to be dad. Usually by the time I leave the office, I am so ready to be dad. I'm ready to play with my daughter. I'm ready to be a husband. And I got downstairs last night and the Amazon, the Amazon delivery person, there's a giant sign on the door that says, don't ring the doorbell. We got a Frenchie and a daughter, like a one-year-old don't ring the fucking doorbell. And they rang the doorbell. I literally put my fork down because I was so on one because I'm killing it in my business. I'm doing great. 
But me personally, I was so out of sorts. I put my fork down. I walked out the front door and I walked down four houses to chase this man down and I chewed him out. I got back inside. I looked at my wife. I'm like, I need five minutes. I didn't go back to the dinner table. I went into the bathroom. And I just sat there because I was like, holy shit. I am not myself right now. That's completely inappropriate. What the fuck is happening? And what's happening is, yeah, I'm putting so much energy into my business. If we talk about fitness and nutrition, guess what? My nutrition, I run a nutrition-based company. My nutrition personally is garbage. If I hit my calorie targets for the day, that is a W for me right now. If I'm getting calorie targets, if I hit my calorie and my protein targets, somebody better give me a gold medal or a Nobel Peace Prize. That's where I'm at right now because my business is my focus. My marriage, my marriage is rock solid. My my family life is rock solid. What's missing the most right now is my relationship with myself. So you're mm. absolutely correct. Like, whew, sorry guys, that just we're gonna that was that was amazing. Slaps. That, that yeah, slaps. that man. That's I guess what that, that's what the kids say when you're under thirty. You say things <laughs> that's like that's what the kids say. That's what the twenty seven year olds say. That's, that's what that, that's what the kids say. That slaps. But oh man, that was incredible. So it, let me for people that are I want to bring this full circle for those people that are you know, deep into, um, bettering themselves. And if it's, you know, fitness and nutrition is your, your, your way to go. Um, I was a competitive bodybuilder, Natasha, I'm guessing you might have dabbled in the competition lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. Haven't made it to a stage yet, but have been training with that soul intention and obsessed, like might as well step on a stage. Obsessed. Perfect. So I think we can both agree that there's there's a there's a difference between when you're getting ready for a show and there's a difference between I'm trying to be healthier mm-hmm. and the show life like that takes over your life. You're consumed and sustainability is nowhere that, that's not even on the table to talk about. Yeah. But when you're focusing on things like weight loss for a sustainable approach, I think something that people needed to take into consideration is like yeah, your mindset, you know, um, what does your life look like? Like maybe, maybe you're dropping pounds left and right. You're dropping inches left and right. But is it so involved? Is it taking up so much of your emotional bandwidth that you're a shitty spouse? You're a shitty parent. You're shitty to yourself. You have no relationship with, you know, your friends and family anymore is what you're doing so extreme that it's removing you from every other part of your life, but you're doing so well in this area that you focus every bit of energy into that. Yeah. To be honest, like, I don't think people, I have like an interesting point of view on this. So, and it might be like controversial and like a bit challenging. Let's do it. The truth is, is that like, until you develop grit and until you develop the the muscle of being able to just like turn the fuck on when you want to, I don't think balance should be your focus. There are so many people that are, they get into a health and fitness journey and they're focused on like trying to balance so many things. But then because of that, they don't have the grit and the discipline to actually get the end result. So if you want to lose 20 pounds and it could take you 16 weeks, it now takes you up to six months because you're fucking around instead of <clears throat> this is the target that I want. I'm going like all gas, no brakes, and we'll we'll deal with the collateral damage on the other side of it. And like, you know, that that might be crazy. And that's kind of how I live my life in some ways. But I think that when you do that, it's like be all in on something, like get the job done, but look at something and say, is this a short-term play or is this a long-term play? Like if you're, you're like, I need to lose 20 pounds. Cool. 20 pounds, 16 weeks. I want you to give it all you got. Fuck balance. 
just like rip the, the brakes out of the car and make it happen. If you have 80 to 100 pounds to lose and we're looking at it like a year to a two year weight right. loss, well, then now we got to talk about balance because that's a different what is the time frame of the effort that you need to put in? If it's short and sweet and I can get you that result in a fraction of the time, if you just go all in, then I think you should go all in. If the goal is way bigger, like, and even if you shift it to building a business, it's like if getting your business to a certain point is a way bigger goal, then yes, we need to make sure that we're not going into the red in our marriage and with our Mm -hmm. friends and family and our personal development. But I think it's like, is this a marathon or a sprint? And if it's a sprint, then you give it all you got. And if it's a marathon, then you should pay attention to the other areas. But I think too many people get focused on treating everything like a marathon when they don't have that level of grit and discipline. And that's what messes you up. And until you have the discernment and the self-awareness to say like, this is like a short stint that I got to give it my all versus, okay, this needs to be sustainable. Then I don't even think balance should be part of the conversation at that point. Yeah. I'll, 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 I agree and disagree with some of these things, but I think the thing we can agree agree upon is the long-term goal, whatever that is, that's the marathon, whatever it is, because that's the long-term, whether it's, if it's the 20 pounds, but once you hit the 20 pounds, what's, what's on the other side of that? How do you hold that? That's the yeah. marathon. I can, I think we can agree that consistency over intensity when it comes to the big picture goal is what to focus on. But along the way, there's checkpoints. You were talking about it just on one of your posts the other day, you're talking about checkpoints versus, uh, versus, uh, targets, uh, sale targets, right? Yeah. Those checkpoints, those are sprints. Your checkpoint yes. should be a sprint. Like there's no reason that in terms of the marathon, that the small W's that you're trying to get along the way, the consistency trophies, those should be dealt with as sprints. Those should be dealt with intensely with a lot of purpose, but not so intense that you lose sight of the bigger picture, which I think is a more yeah. round, it's, it's more or less what you're saying. I fully vibe with that. It's like long-term longevity is the marathon, but yes, like you sprint to different checkpoints and then you hang. Like it doesn't and and, and that, that's the other thing is, and <laughs> then you hang, like people forget that. Like when it comes to dieting, people are like, why have you been dieting for six months? And let's be honest, you probably haven't been dieting for six months. You haven't been that consistent, but who does that? Like yeah. you, you hit your marker and you're like, I did that thing I wanted to do. And now I'm going to ratchet it up. It's like bask in your W for a minute. You know, I'm guilty of that, especially when it comes to business. It's like, we have certain markers. We hit our yearly target in September and I was ready to go full throttle on the gas. I said, it. I literally erased the number off my whiteboard. I wrote a new number. I was like, that's the new number. My wife was like, what? What? <laughs> Wait, oh, you just, shit. you just added 25% revenue to the last quarter of the year, just because you hit your target three months early. Ooh. Like, no, 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 no. Hit your targets bask in that W enjoy the win and then keep moving and then set new targets, move on to the next one, but don't, don't overstep the fact that you just got where you wanted to go. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because like, I feel that in my soul, I hit my yearly target for 2021 by like at this five or six month mark. It was crazy. And I was like, wow, let's double it. Then <laughs> I literally oh, yeah. did the exact a hundred percent. I'm like, that did. goal was garbage. A race. <laughs> Literally. I have, I have goals right up on my whiteboard that I have to look at every day in the face. And the day we hit it, I took my race and I was like, Phoop! didn't even acknowledge, didn't enjoy it. Didn't celebrate. was like, cool. A race, new number. Literally in a matter <laughs> of seconds, what I thought was impossible became irrelevant. 
Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oof. Can we replay that? What I thought was impossible just became irrelevant. That's You're welcome. Laugh. That's that's your that that's your piece of content for something next week. You can steal that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> um, let me keep moving forward really quick with this. Uh, we're gonna slowly start to wrap this up, guys. That was um, I feel like we just we've covered a lot, but I'm gonna talk about the idea that Natasha brought up in another post. If you guys can tell, I consume I don't consume a lot of social media to be honest. Very select of social media. I consume Natasha's social media, and I'll be honest, I don't always get through all your posts, but usually that trigger line plus the first one or two paragraphs, those usually hit me in the fields, which is where this one came from, which is, uh, where'd I put it? Winning is just as much of a habit as chaos is. Mm. And I want to talk about that because I think when it comes to business, when it comes to starting something, why you haven't started something, why you're having success, why you're not having success, it's very quickly put on something other than you. I can't tell you how many times we get messages, you know, Bradley, thank you so much for creating MBS, the registered dietitians that you have on staff. Like, thank you guys all so much. And my immediate response always, I'm like, first, thank you. I'm not going to disregard your, your very kind message. But second, we didn't do anything. We actually did it. We don't, all we do, we, we hand over tools. Here you go. Here's a hammer. Here's a nail. Here's a two by four. What are you going to do with it? But I'm a, I want you to talk about the the idea of winning being a habit just as much as chaos is a habit. Yeah. I want to like dive a little bit kind of where this comes from. So like growing up, like I was living in the habit of chaos. That's all I knew. Like growing up with an autistic brother, like it, it, we were, con- I was constantly stretched thin. I was always overwhelmed. I had <clears throat> nothing felt easy for the majority of my life. It was, it was always chaotic. I was always in fight or flight mode, high adrenaline, just problem solving on the fly my entire life. So living that way was habitual. That's all I knew. I thrived in chaos. I learned how to perform in chaos. I learned how to get crazy results in chaos because of it, which has been like equal parts blessing as disguise. My company would not be as big as it is. And I would not have like the level of calmness I do if I didn't learn how to perform in chaos. But also on the flip side of that, I had to teach myself that like winning is also a habit and winning can also be habitual. And when I look at my life over the course of the last year, I have sustained massive momentum month after month after month and let it compound. When I tried to move to Kelowna a couple months ago, I literally lit my whole life on fire in a matter of I remember watching that. Yeah. Like a week. And all of a sudden I wasn't in momentum. Like, a month prior to moving there, everything I touched turned to gold. I was in massive momentum. I had been in momentum for a year. Everything that every idea I had came to fruition. Everything I wanted was, I was making it happen. Like I just felt so easy and it was in flow. So I was like in winning momentum. And then I moved to Kelowna and I just felt the shift. I was in like negative momentum. Every decision I was making was lighting on fire. I was just like burning money to the ground. Team was upset. Clients were upset. It was like my whole life just went kaboom in the span of a weekend. And it made me realize as all these fires were popping up in my life, I was like, I need to trap the fire. I need to go home. I need to find a space to like get grounded, grab a hold of my life. And within four, probably four days of coming back to my hometown or like my old province that I was living in, um, I was back in momentum. 
I was like back in massive momentum. Everything I touched turned to gold. I was like back in that flow of it. And it made me realize it's like winning is as much of a habit as chaos is. I was so used to winning that when I stopped, when I started losing at everything I was doing, I was like, hell fucking no, <laughs> like this yep. is not my life. And I, I pivoted, even though it didn't make sense to everybody else. All my friends were like, why are you going back home? Don't go backwards. Um, you know, you're supposed to stay here. This is an alignment for you. And I was like, no, man, like I got to get back into momentum. Mm-hmm. Wait, so that winning became habitual. It's all, it's all I know. Now I've created it and it's such a high standard. And we were talking earlier about habits and rituals. There's a difference between uh, should haves and must haves. I must win. Should haves and must haves. A lot of people have a bunch of shit they should do. There's very few people that have things that they must do. So that training five times a week is like some people should work out five times a week. I should go to the gym five times a week. I should post on social media consistently. I should reach out to clients. I should do X, Y, and Z. And the people who must do that are the ones that are winning. And when you shift into that mindset, winning becomes a habit. It becomes a ritual and you demand it because that's the standard that you live at. And it's a choice. So we're going to go back and for those of you again listening we're going to replay that whole segment about uh about three minutes uh for you guys that winning is a habit and you're right if we and let's let's tie it full circle going back to from the time that you wake up we have you and i are very similar in like the non-negotiables when you wake up me personally right now i'm doing physical therapy so my boring my workouts make me want to put needles in my eyeballs but like if my workouts i know that i've got to lift at least three days a week for me personally, I've got to lift, even if it's doing this dumbass physical therapy that I have to, but whatever it's on my to-do and it has to happen before 5.00 AM Monday through Friday. If I get an extra two workouts in that week, great. Those are icing on the cake, but you know, it's not up for debate ever is winning. You're absolutely correct. In the pandemic 2020 hit March 13th. I will never forget March 13th, 2020. I lost a business that I built in eight years. I watched everything crumble underneath me in 14 days. I lost everything with a pregnant wife, a mortgage, and not a dollar coming in. We are a single income household and I lost everything. I drank and I smoked for about a month and to oblivion. I fell. I pretty much, I was completely useless for a month because I was like, I don't know what to do. And then it became a non-negotiable. It's like, you're right. I have, I have a family to feed. Winning is not an option at this point. It's not about winning or losing. It's about, there's no other option. Winning is it. Growing a business is it. Making sure to take care of my family is it. And if you can make your mindset, because let's be honest, we have good days and we have bad days. Okay. Mm. There's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be months where there's going to be like our, our August, uh, we hit numbers that I didn't think were imaginable in August and September felt, felt a little short, but a little short was still a better month than we had in the first quarter. It was still a better month than we had in the second quarter. So the overall trend was we are winning overall because I'm choosing that I am going to win. And if mm. the mindset can shift to, there's no, there's no non-negotiable. There, excuse me, it's, it's a non-negotiable that at the end of the day, maybe not today, but in the big picture, grand scheme of things, yeah, I'm gonna walk away with a W. If you can set your day up, if you can set your mind up, set your year up, set your month up that by the end of this month, I will have a W in my pocket. The amount of people that would have more success is unbelievable. If you really think about that. When I listen to you talk about that, like, I feel like I was in the same position when like COVID first happened. I had, I had a staff team of five people, four of them quit 
in 20 minutes when like COVID first popped off, we lost over like 25 clients. Like I literally just everything caught on Watched it burn to the ground. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And same thing. I, I spent the next like three to four days, super anxious about money, super anxious about there being a recession, like not being able to make money, not being able to, you know, support myself. And then I remember waking up on like the fourth day, jumping out of bed and saying, uh, I was made for fucking winter and went upstairs and just, <laughs> and then pivoted and was like, I'm building a VA company. And I went all in and like a year and, you know, a year and a half later, we went from one employee to 120. Yep. Same thing. I'm going to win. I'm going to win no matter what. Doesn't matter. No that matter what. Doesn't, Doesn't matter it- that one in four Albertans are losing their, or like four out of, you know, three out of four Albertans are losing their jobs. Like didn't care just that winning mindset demanding it. It's something that must happen. And it's a standard that you hold yourself to. But I literally went through the same thing. It was just like, I refuse to lose. Like, and you have to adopt that. And if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter what you set your mind to. You'll never accomplish it because life is going to punch you in the mouth. I say that all all the the time. time. Like all the time. No, like if you're while you're down too. Yeah, (laughs) while you're down, you're just gonna punch you in the mouth uh, and then kick you in the face. Totally. You are not above more challenging adversities in your life. And I think sometimes we forget that, especially if you had like a really rough upbringing or you've been through heavy shit in your life. You're like, okay, we're good now. It's like, you got more decades, buddy. (laughs) Buckle up. All you, all you did was get a scar, toughen up a little bit. Hopefully your jaw's a little firmer and you're ready for another punch in a couple months. Totally. So you better learn how to win and you better learn how to like turn it on and develop that skill set. And because you know me, I love to bring things full circle to deciding you're going to win, you know, talking for those of you listening who are just starting on your fitness journey, for those of you that are just starting on weight loss program that just picked up a Peloton that just started your MBS membership. When you, when you swipe that credit card for whatever thing you're going to start doing, or when you, when you buy the Peloton, when you sign up at the gym, when you pay the coach, when you pay the nutritionist, when you pay the registered dietitian, go all in. I don't mean dedicate every ounce of your life to that, but mentally make sure that you're all in. I'm all about sustainability. This is something I'm learning in my 30s. The intensity worked great in my 20s before kids and a family. And in my 30s, when I've got a company, a family, a daughter, sustainability is the name of the game. But at the end of the day, if I commit to something, mentally, I'm all in. You guys have heard me bring up physical therapy. I've had to have, I have a herniated L4, L5. I've gotten two injections a year for the last two years uh, in my L4, L5, my L5, S1 in my spine. My doctor straight up looked at me after the last injection and said, Bradley, I'm not injecting you more than once every 12 months anymore until you go to physical therapy. I'm a power lifter at heart. I like lifting heavy. That's my jam. But when he said that, he's like, you have to do at least three months of physical therapy before I even consider multi-year injections. What that told me was I have to be all in now. I've got two options. I can either continue to get a cu- two injections a year, or I can go all in on this physical therapy, just completely commit myself, turn myself over to the physical therapist and go, you are the expert. I am all in. And hopefully at the end of these 12 weeks, I'm not looking at two injections a year. Maybe I'm looking at one injection every 18 months, but mentally, as much as I don't want to mentally, I'm all in. Which brings me right back to our original statement, which is what the title of this podcast is. I am mine before I am anyone else's. Natasha is smiling right now. And it makes me laugh because Natasha and I have never spent this much time speaking to each other. So the full circle things, I think she's laughing a little bit, a little bit, but I'm, I am mine before I am anyone else's. And if that is a true statement, if that is a true statement that you can look at yourself and say in the mirror on a daily basis, that means you are all in. 
you are committed to, I am mine before anyone else's. So whether that's your fitness goal, your financial goal, your business goal, when your kids wake up in the morning, yes, you are, you are parent 1010%. You made that decision when you decided to become a parent. But before that, guess what? You can choose that before somebody else takes control of your day, before the chaos ensues, because winning is just as much of a habit as chaos is, you can choose that you are yours before you are before you're anyone else's and that that is a non-negotiable that you commit to and you are all 100 fucking percent in on. <laughs> Actually, I know. I just, whew. Natasha, let's, let's wrap it up on that note. Do me a favor. Plug your social media. Natasha, thank you so much for coming on. How can everybody find your incredible visual representation of, of, of success? Yeah. Hell yeah. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Natasha storm underscore. Um, my podcast is also relaunching on October 21st. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll already be there, but it's called get woke or stay broke. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify and then Facebook. I go live on Facebook multiple times per week. They're jam packed full of value. Uh, and literally just look up Natasha Starcheski on Facebook, follow me on there. Uh, and that's the best places to find me. And just so you guys know, like I said, Natasha is definitely one of our unique guests that we brought on. Um, Natasha's company does have to do with you know virtual assistants and growing your business. But like any other successful entrepreneur in the online space, the general themes that she talks about are extremely relatable, which is why I brought her on the podcast. When I read Natasha's stuff, sometimes it strikes home with me for my personal development. Sometimes it strikes a nerve with my business. Sometimes it even strikes a nerve with in terms of my lack of current discipline when it comes to my fitness and nutrition. So don't think that just because she's got a VA company that what she puts out there is not relatable. It very much is. Natasha, Thank you so, 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 so very much for coming on the podcast. I haven't had chills on a podcast in a minute. This was incredible. Uh, for all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Hey, everybody. And thank you for listening to another podcast. For more things MBS, you can always find us on Facebook by searching my name, Bradley Goldman, or you can go to facebook.com backslash NBS by BSSF. You can find us on Instagram at NBS by BSSF. And of course, remember, always do something over nothing and focus on progress over perfection. And we'll talk to you guys next time.